This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, movie lovers, welcome back for another Anatomy of Movie here at Popcorn Talk. Today we go into space via Ryan Gosling as the first man. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Damien Chazelle's fourth movie, our third movie of his that we cover here on Anatomy of a Movie. What an incredible journey. Um, thank you for joining us. I have Dimitri Panos. Hey, movie fans. Hey, Phil. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Marissa Serafini is over in Canada. She's over the moon. That's right. So <laughs> she is not joining us for today, but um, but her sentiments are kind of like ours, so I might intersperse her opinions as part of my own. <laughs> for those of you joining us for the very first time, a couple things to note. Number one, we're not just a review show. We are an in-depth movie discussion show. So by that respect, A, we assume you've seen the movie. There's going to be spoilers. Secondly, we're going to talk about the plot lines and so forth, but we're also going to get into the production, the making of, and, of course, the box office numbers. So that's what you can look forward to, and you can follow along in terms of our rundown. All you have to do is go in the description box. There's a little PDF. It has our research and information that sometimes we get to, sometimes we don't, you know, depending on how things go. But at least it fills out the experience for you. Sure. And, of course, we encourage you to comment in the comment section. Let us know your thoughts and opinions because it's not just about us. It's about a movie discussion with the totality of humanity. (laughs) <laughs> Look at that. Really? The totality of humanity. Well, why don't we just blast off? That's right. So speaking of that, blast off with your overall thoughts on this movie. Well, uh, I don't know. Words like um, emotionless, uh, detached, uh, displaced. Um, three words that I would never have expected to use while talking about the courageousness of our first, the United States, the first lunar landing. Uh, Yeah, and yet it ended up being all of those descriptions that I I had just said. This, you know, I love the space program. Star Trek got me very hyped about the space program. Uh, I remember where I was when this event happened and what a big deal it was worldwide. And I know that because I was in Greece. I was a little boy in Greece with my mom and everybody had the TVs turned on to watch this one event. Growing up, you see movies like The Right Stuff. You watch movies like Apollo 13, even Hidden Figures, which talk about how people came together to work together. It really was. The the people, the fighter pilots or the pilots who became astronauts were doing this. It, it wasn't about heroism. It was about doing this for more than just pride, but it was being to explore, to go up and land on the moon. It was the space program. It was us against the Russians. Lots going on. 
And it was a really big deal that brought the world together. And I saw none of that here in the movie where anybody was happy about the jobs that they had. I'm gonna <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in, yeah. only because I don't want to. Then I'll, I feel like we're gonna be saying the same thing, so I might yeah. as well kind of just Please. take over. <laughs> well, I don't need them to be extremely happy, but like scared, you know, so, emotes something, right? But, but here, my, my the, the way I sum up this entire movie, you took one of you, one of mankind's, and when I say mankind, I mean womankind as well, in this PC culture, in history. What an achievement. And not just for the United States, just, as you said, for everybody involved. This advanced so many things. And yet, none of that was on the screen. Hidden Figures, I think, is a great movie to compare it to because you have the opposite. They're dealing with, you know, essentially setting up for this moment in history. Yet it's about math. It's about people doing math. (laughs) And it is one of the most exciting pieces of cinema you will ever see. Emotional, too. Exactly. Emotional. Grabs you. The right stuff grabs you. It doesn't necessarily make up the heroism, but you're you're you get brought in and it's exciting and you that's the other thing too. You understand the peril. Hidden figures did that great. And you're right. I love your comparison. It's about math, and they still made it exciting. <laughs> and this, like, how do, how do you mess this up? I don't know. And, okay, so it, as far as this is concerned, it's quote-unquote based off a biography, right, about Neil Armstrong's life. I have not read this biography, but from what I have read about the biography, Neil Armstrong was, you can call him a stoic man, he, he was of, of the mindset that judged me by my work, and he was very methodical, and he was into math and things like that but he wasn't necessarily dis disattached no you know he 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 was passionate about this thing and and to deduce his life into this form i i i not only feel like it does a disservice but it's i'm just watching boring images on screen it was there was no passion you know there was no wonder there was no wonder in this movie and i tweeted out there is more wonder in the opening lines of the original Star Trek television series where they say space, the final frontier. It's wonder. There's none of that here. And they were so detached. I, that's the thing. When you watch movies, and we're going to reference these a lot, movies like The Right Stuff and Apollo 13 and Hidden Figures, right? These people are heroes for working together to figure out a problem or a cause or what we're doing. This movie here, I sort of kind of liken it to, and we've all had this, experienced this in one way, shape, or form, where we idolize somebody or there's a celebrity or maybe a hero of ours, whether it's a sports figure, whatever, right? And then you meet that person and you're really disappointed because the person ends up being a jerk. First man is that jerk of a movie. I walked away depressed and disappointed. And where's the heroism? Like, Because these people did not act as if they were doing anything. They, they all acted as if they were going to jobs they hated. And they <laughs> like there's just no emotions. Like, okay. Even the most emotional line in the movie where he says, we have to mess up here so we don't <clears throat> mess up there. It was delivered in the most monotone way. And Deadpan. And if you're going to show any sort of 
compare like have him be so stoked in his job but then at home he's a nervous wreck you know because in the job he's got to put on this front right and and i get there part of what they're trying to do is beat the humanity out of them so that way like they don't flinch in in the face of danger and it, it, it's just not there and you you take this you you, you you take him, and the, the the most striking thing is that this is not how he is. Neil Armstrong is really written about. No. Like it's not like you're you're staying quote true to character. You've changed this character, and furthermore, um, let me know your thoughts on this. But I think even like a movie Titanic, just by the title alone, you know how the hell this is going to end. Right. The ship is going to sink. Right. So just because you have an ending that people are familiar with, first man, okay, I we're gonna the, the whole climax of the movie, he steps on the moon. Right. We're not gonna change this. Right. But that doesn't mean you have to. You can still have it be exciting to get there, just because we as an audience know the dramatic irony that they will, no matter what happens, get there. Right. Show me the journey. Right. You didn't even have to use Titanic. You could have used Apollo thirteen. We know they make it back. We know that. What makes that movie so tense is how, in that time period, with the limited technology compared to today, and it was all about these people working together to fit a round pig in a square hole, which is basically what that was, right? Ed Harris gives a great performance in that, who's also in the right stuff. And they were trying to figure out how do we get from here to there? How do we do that? We know it's going to be dangerous. We know that there are going to be... We, we know we're going to stumble. But if the Russians can send monkeys up in space and get this... Like, that to me, this whole space race, and is, is one aspect. Everything... All that stuff was glossed over. And maybe they felt having the ticker tape parade. Like, we've seen it too many times before. But that would have been something. Again, the movie forgets, really. Even though that this, even though the movie shows other parts of the world, they really forget that the whole world was on edge. Russians, maybe for a different reason, but this was we're sending men to the moon. It was unfathomable at that time, and there should have been a sense of emotion. There should have been. You could have done. Like, where you have a sense of accomplishment. You could have felt good. There, there could have been a sense of patriotism. There could have been a sense of just accomplishment. And this movie didn't have it. And that's why I walked away. And then the ending of the movie. The ending of the movie was so depressing, too. Like well, the, I, I didn't get what I was trying to say. Sh- I neither did I. Other than... Like, she forgave him. I was like, what's this couple still together for? Well, just just divorce. Like, what is... Like, he just came back from the most dangerous mission of all time at that time. And look what he did. It's your husband. He's back. And they were like, they were at a prison. Like, they were in a prison, like, well, let me guest ask you, visit. So, so let's talk about her, right? I, I was actually going to go Good there, and then you, we, yeah. we naturally transitioned to there. Because she, in essence, was kind of a, a vehicle for his emotions, to a degree. I mean, if there's any emotion, she's the only she's emotion. She's the only one. I agree. And it's just anger the entire time. And in in that sense, 
the beat just never changes. I, I understand she's scared and whatnot, but there's never a conversation of like, I know this is dangerous, but like, I'm very proud of you. None of that. And it, it, in that sense, like the final scene, even though she was upset with him because he didn't, she tried to force him to talk with the kids and he didn't, just have relief or something. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I mean, people are saying that like she, she she's Oscar worthy at the moment for what she did and that she breaks the stereotype of wife waiting at home. For girl who kicked the spider's web you're talking about, right? Which for, we haven't for seen yet. Claire Foy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so as Janet Armstrong, I'm like, what stereotypes does she break? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I, it was to your point too, she was the only character and actress for that matter that that that, that showcased any sense of emotion throughout this movie. Uh I I just don't these were just unhappy people who just seemed to be disgruntled about their position in life. They were not happy about their jobs. There, there didn't even seem to be any pride. You, you mentioned that. She's not proud of the fact. She could be scared of the fact. Not unlike someone who's married to a firefighter or to a police officer. I mean, but this was going to the moon, so, so the risk level, extremely high. But doing something that no one had done ever before and there was no sense of that pride there was nothing and i'm like this is not what i reading the right stuff i read the book the right stuff and even watching those movies they're out there that permeates that pride of what we're doing we know we can die we know that but by gum we're gonna we're gonna do it we're gonna we're gonna put this together i want to be the first and there was i want to be the first and people are like damn no i gotta i want my shot i want my shot to go to the moon this is always it and this movie, well the yeah. quirks of the movie right he, yeah, he yeah. has that interview at the beginning <clears throat> they, they ask him why do you want to do this well space exploration i don't know what we'll discover but it's got it essentially it's got to be good and it's going to lead to something and the whole movie needs to – it should have been about testing that notion, you know, because um, as it destroys him, she, Janet could very well say to him, like, hey, listen, I know you believe in this, but do you really want to be the next one to die? Like, all, the, all your friends are dying. You lost a daughter. Like, you got two kids here. And, and, and he never – there was never anything pushing against him from that respect – to force him, and, and he just says to her, like, I get it. I get why you're scared, but I got to do this. Right. So in the most, he could have done it in the most understated way. She could have gone for a five-minute monologue, and he just says, I, agree. I get it, but I got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't, they didn't even seem that they wanted to do this. Um, so, you know, I'll take, there was like, it's it played out more like The Last Supper, than it did astronauts getting together before they're going to the moon. And I'm like, was it really like that? That nobody, nobody, nobody talked to each other? I mean, it could have been. I wasn't there. But it seemed that everybody on that Apollo mission hated each other. They all hated Buzz Aldrin, right? <laughs> and he was the only one that, that, that like... At least he had charisma. At least he had charisma, right? Whether good or bad, but... Uh, <laughs> it just... I was. They all seem to hate each other. They're being put in a capsule 
Um, shot off to the moon, and I, and I will say from the tech spec stuff, stuff in the cockpit, whether it's in a plane, in the rocket, going to the moon, that stuff looked great, uh, especially, especially in IMAX. That did look great. I will give it that. Um, but it wasn't contextualized, right? No. Yeah, you know, I mean, as far as that, we went from kind of a failure <clears throat> to a failure to a new thing, and it was just like... I. I'm, I don't know the history as well as that, so I don't right. know which point in time we are. I get that, like, you're showing me that it's not going well or that there's danger, but but why? What is the significance of this? Yeah. Each of these moments you have chosen, you have chosen very deliberately because they're a point in history that's supposed to matter. Right. Supposed and, to matter. And none of it matters and, to me. And you know what? You know what is really interesting? Because I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I'm going to talk about another movie that, for all intents and purposes, we did it here on Anatomy of a Movie, just as we did Hidden Figures. It's its subject, its 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 methodology should have been boring as hell. But the writer Josh Josh Singer worked on The Post, another historical movie that you saw the stakes, which was really a good movie, and he also did Spotlight. Spotlight is basically two plus hours of people doing research, like they're doing a research paper. There's, that movie had no right on being, on holding any sense of a drama, but it worked. And where did this movie, this movie should have had those elements from the post, from Spotlight. This should have worked because personally, I would think that astronaut training and working out the math, as we were proven in Hidden Figures, is far more exciting than the movie that was delivered to us. Yeah. But and for the for full clarity, Josh Singer is Josh, one of the writers right, on yeah, this. Yeah. That's why we're making yeah, the connection. Yeah, screenwriter here. How did it not translate from script to screen? And there, I thought we were going to get those moments because when you talk about the training, the first time Neil's called, ironically, the first up to the, uh, whatever we're going to call it, the gimbal. Yeah, the gimbal centrifuge thing. Yeah. And, you, you know, you go until you pass out. And he passes out. And he's like, "No, I want to. I want to go again." And we see him in a puking. And so obviously this means a lot to him. But but we never see him become better in any sort of way, or like have tactics to become better. Right. So it it's not like all of a sudden he's he's sort of overlooked as this astronaut. Like in, in a sense, he got to go to the moon because he was a default, which is fine when all your other friends die. Would not find that your other friends die, but like if you're, you're no, if, I, if by I, default, I understood where you're. If, if by default you're the only one left, there's, there's an anxiety factor to it. Right. Like, how are you going to do this if you don't actually supposedly have the right skills to be able to accomplish this? Right. <laughs> so much drama, none of which ended on. I, I am just, I am just shocked and floored and dismayed. I know there's. I know there's controversy that they didn't plant the American flag. Which we could talk about a little bit. I don't know. We could talk about that a little now or later. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk about it now it. because, you know, the, the controversy stems from that that you're not being historically accurate or not being proud to be an American. And personally, I don't, I don't have a problem with the sentiment that they were going for of they want to make this a human story. And you want to, like, because it was a world event. But, but by that perspective, like... Listen, I'm glad the American flag wasn't there because, like, I wouldn't want to, like, I wouldn't want Diminish. any nation right. to take pride in this piece of 
I, I know. Shit, unfortunately, film. And, and my 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 issue is it because you you said it right on the head. This was above and beyond just patriotism uh, for the United States. That that flag was planted for the world. Yes, it was the United States who did it first. But when we go back, like just doing it, there's a fin. There's such an amazing sense of pride in the United States of America, right? But there were so many people who were wishing for the success of this all over. The symbolism of a flag being planted wasn't just for the United States. It was we made it to the moon. And we're leaving we, a mark. And we're leaving a mark. We made it. And that was missed. And they went for... Because I'm just going to say, too, personally, I did not appreciate the bookends that this movie was hinged upon, which was um, the loss of a daughter through cancer and such, and him going to... It could have been the Sea of Tranquility, the big crater, you know, and letting the, 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 the bracelet go. I... It's a forced it just, emotion it, that's it not necessary. Yeah, it just had nothing to do here, it felt. And it, you're right, it felt forced. Where I get it, but he should have, had he taken pride in the job and the accomplishment that he had just done, had he done this, and he looked up at the stars and said, sweetie, you're with me always. That's emotion. I mean, I'm getting, that's emotion to me. Like there was, there, there was no sense of accomplishment. This is only a sense of, like he took the job for closure. That's just another movie, right there. Yeah. Not this movie. Not to what it meant to the world. And I understand. And if he wanted to have his daughter by his side and in his heart, they could have done that without neglecting the great monument and the achievement that was accomplished by landing on the moon, planting a flag, and having him... He didn't even have to give the, give it away. I could understand why he would hold on to that bracelet and, and go, his daughter is with him. He's in the heavens, literally, and his daughter is with him. Boom! Right there, emotion. And they chose to go another way. And we blew it! I, I, I just... It's mind-boggling to me how they just didn't understand that moment, right? If you look at it from a if, – if you're a writer, you look at that moment. If you want to achieve universality, the universality is the audience is going to live vicariously through this moment. We as humans, you know, barring some like just rapid change and I know there's like talk of going to the moon and so forth. But like for the most part, we will not get to go to the moon. It's not going to be like an average thing. And so no. certainly not being the first. And so that moment is supposed to be a vicarious moment. We're living through Neil Armstrong to see the moon in all of its glory and right. to essentially rob us of that experience and just watch somebody else. And again, it's not even – we can watch, but we need to identify as him. There's nothing identifiable There's, for us no. to him. He's supposed to be the vehicle – Literal vehicle that gets us to the moon as an audience. There was a hundred percent detachment from audience to our characters on screen, and these are supposed to be real life people. You know, we have to care that they get back. We have to. It's one thing to show the rigors of going into space, but if you don't really care about the people that 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 
You just don't care. It looks great on screen, but you just don't care. I cared about the women in Hidden Figures. I cared that they got their job done because not only for the racism, the sense of pride, but they were getting people back from space. Yeah, it wasn't I just cared, math. It was, right. it was bigger than math. It was bigger than their math and working together. I cared about the people on Apollo 13, not just in the rocket, but I cared about Ed Harris and his crew down on on Mother Earth trying to work out the problem to save the lives of three men. And I cared about Chuck Yeager. I cared about Chuck Yeager and the right stuff. I understood. Yeah, they're going to go up to space. They're spamming a can. I get it. He's the pilot. He doesn't want to go up to space. He's got no... But those astronauts did. Those pilots had ego. They had bravura. But there were people that I'd want to know even before they went up to space. I didn't want to know any of these people. I didn't like these people. And that's what disheartened me about this movie is it just took away all of that that magic that I grew up with. And if this was the real life, if people are going to tell me, well, that's the way it really was, I'm going to say, I don't think so. I can't believe that it was. I that mean, by all accounts, it wasn't. Purpose. Yeah, by all accounts, wasn't. You know, it, it, Neil Armstrong is a is a pretty interesting guy. If he, I, like, I, I don't know as much about him, but I know like in '79 he took a position as a professor, and like, why did you do that? They asked me. <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay, to me, there's just there's an intrigue about the man. And with with his, unfortunately, like as far as Ryan Gosling's performance goes, I think he's literally recreating the guy from Driver, and I, it's like you're in a you're you're in the wrong genre, dude. Yeah, I think that guy had. I think the guy in Driver had more emotion. I, I mean, the, this is one, and I'm a big Ryan Gosling. I, I enjoy his movies and his performance, and he has proven to be an actor that can do comedy. Right, he could do good romantic comedy. He could play drama. He can play action. He could be in a musical. Right, he's a um, science fiction uh, later in twenty forty nine. He's a good actor. I didn't see it here in this movie. And again, who do you blame on that? I mean, we'll talk about Damien Chazelle, but I, I mean, did it come from the script? Is this the way the script was interpreted? This is the way that the, the director was definitely telling his actors to perform. You know, but there was also a disconnect too. Is that I got no sense of unity of the astronauts. They all seemed to hate each other too, and I didn't feel like Gus. The only reason why I know Gus, was Gus Grissom, is because I did watch the right stuff, and I did know that Gus Grissom and two other astronauts burned. Right, but outside of that, I didn't know any of them. I didn't know these people enough to get involved in their drama, in their perils of training. So, when you don't care, when you can't make a movie that makes me care for characters, even though they're real, and it's shame because they're real life characters, so I should when you were talking about the post even Spotlight, you care about those reporters. Right? You cared about their story. They never go deep, but they they, they have the start of a scene. Right. Uh, you know, there's many times, right, with with um, with Jason Clark's character Ed, right? Um, 
you know, the wife in particular keeps asking, does he talk to you? And he's like, no, he doesn't talk to me. And, and the time that uh, Neil Armstrong leaves the funeral, right? Mm-hmm. And the wife reveals to us kind of the backstory, like, you know, that year we went to four funerals. We, we got pretty good at funerals. Yeah. So we understand Neil's pain. And then he, then he yells at Ed of, I'm not, like, dude, if I wanted to be with some, I came here to be alone. Essentially, get out of my face. And yet we get those moments when, when Ed invites him, like, hey, let's have beers. And, and he's like, yeah, I could use a beer. And those are opportunities, especially, like, just talk. They're bonding opportunities. Yeah. And I thought he was such an ass when he told him, I came here to be alone, man. Like, leave me alone. Like, there's better ways to even say that. Like, I didn't like him. And, and, but, but, but I understand where he's coming from. But I think <clears throat> Ed would have been smart enough to be like, I get it. All right. And maybe that's why, like, anything. like, And that's why you're trying to go to space, maybe, so you can be alone. Like, But if you're trying to escape, the only way you're going to get to space is if you start interacting. With, like, any sort of dialogue would have worked. And you would figure, too, that these people, you, you may not like them on the ground, but you have a common cause. And that common cause isn't just to get to the moon. It's to get back. And you have to rely on that person to do his job. You don't want to finger point. Because finger pointing does you no good as you're burning up and re-entering the atmosphere and you turn to vapor. Right? And you just figure, were they really not just talking to each other at all? Did they just dismiss everything that was being said? And I'm like, I had such a hard time believing that because that's not what I had seen prior or what I believed. I mean... The right stuff was exhaustively researched when I read that, and I, I just I just found it very hard. It was so dispassionate. Well, let's so the intention, according to Damien Chazelle, um, it's he says. I'm just floored by this. A big space epic with a really intimate, almost sort of family documentary. Okay, fine. I don't. You can do that. But I wouldn't necessarily say that's what you got. Uh, I didn't like the family. <laughs> well, they spent two weeks as a family doing some improv in a cabin. Um, fine. It, I, it just... They must it, have hated each other. <laughs> they must have spent the two weeks yelling at each other. I, I got no... It was so cold that when you lead to that ending and the way that it it ends on the shot, I was like, what? I, I did not believe that this was a couple that was in love with one another. I, 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 I mean, what, what we're sort of <clears throat> getting at is when you have this, like, the, part of the, the movie raises, like, okay, at what cost? At what cost? Right. So if we're going to get to the moon, at what cost? It's costing billions, and it's costing lives, which are priceless, right? The, the old cliche thing. Sure. So when you finally get to it, it's like, okay... In spite of the cost, we did it. <laughs> and he doesn't do it. Like I, th- I think in this movie, Damien Chazelle is concerned more with style over substance. He is known. There's a cool little video that um, IMDb made that I've included in our links that talks about his trademarks. Characters with remarkable talent defied by their own ambition. Perhaps. It could, it could have been with Neil Armstrong. Domestic realities with a musical pulse. Certainly got that in this movie. Impromptu songs and elaborate dance numbers. Maybe not 
this time. Complex tracking shots and rapid-fire edits, sure, whip pans and iris wipes. And couples destined to meet but not stay together. Oh, boy. I don't know if they stayed together, but it's sure... I, I, well, well, that's the thing, too. When you look at Whiplash, La La Land, in this movie, they, they, they sort of... Well, they all end on somewhat of downers when you think about it, right? Whiplash to me is still my favorite of his movies. I believe it deserved every award that it had, that it garnered. But we talked extensively here about that movie on Anatomy of a Movie, and we talked about the ending and what that ending meant. Whether it was he was an abused housewife, whether he accepts the abuse now because of his fantastic drumming. We've talked about the ending to La La Land. It's been debated in many circles. Me personally, I'm more of a romantic. To me, I found no reason for that couple not to be together and not to have it as a happier ending. That the musical purported this to be this bubbly, bright, energetic musical. And yet here we have a movie about a true story. A true, like you turned a true story into dispassion tragedy and which the movie ends on the most depressing the husband has just got back. I've seen cowboys come back from the ranch, and the wife is like, "Hi, how are you? I got dinner on." And I think that, but that's the key, right? The room, right. Whiplash and La La Land are fictional stories. You, if 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 that's your viewpoint of the world, you get to say that. But you cannot take something that is so universal that is that is his history, and and and. Like you can have your own interpretation of history, but you can't, you can't alter it in this way. You know, no. we 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 talk a lot about like, <laughs> you know, the mo- movies. Obviously, t- like Eddie the Eagle, they they add in a completely new character, right. but it's kind of what it tries to do is in keep in spirit of what that story was. Right. I don't. I'm not saying it's good that you can like to for you to for movies to have that l- liberty. Sure, but at least keep the spirit. You know, yeah. Titanic, fictional story movie but you know what it took the backdrop of that and 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 made a romance right uh here one, what did you you you, you yeah. took this and what did you add to it you yeah, took away like she, if nothing else she walks into the room and it's more like more or less like oh you're home after just being the first man to walk on the moon but that's the way the movie played from beginning middle and end it really there was no pulse in how these characters interacted in any sense of uh, in any sense, and at least I can say that from a special effects standpoint, that part looked good in IMAX. Okay, so he puts me in there. If I feel like I'm in the cockpit, but there's a lot of shaky cam and and such, and I can't say that it was any better than things that I've seen in movies like Interstellar, which you know. Uh, uh, not a true story at all, but about space exploration that had more wonder to it. I know it's not true, but like I said, Apollo 13 had more wonder to it, and so didn't Hidden Figures. Um, well, let's let's talk there's... about let's talk about the production aspect of it because sure, the, uh, uh, the, the very, NASA, yeah. I mean, I I like this aspect that he was going for. He he said, I don't want the the rockets or what whatever to be larger than a foot beyond like their scale and yes it's going to be hard to shoot when you're shooting in that contained a space number one it's going to be terrible for the actors and he's like i don't care fine i'm i'm with you there i appreciate that and you're making it harder to shoot 
fine, you're going to take on that challenge. And I think that's what he did well. But you're essentially, all you're doing is just making a, 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 like good little videos about what it was like to be an astronaut with the shaking. Yeah, because we're right. all handheld, and unfortunately, that translated too much to the rest of it. Where we're doing this family documentary style thing, and it's just shaking like crazy. I'm like, we're on Earth. There's no earthquake. There's no yeah, rockets. Yeah. Let's put this thing on a tripod, and or, or maybe like just less movement. Yeah, I don't I need to be puking the entire time. No, I, I I agree. There was a scene that took place in the living room, and I was like, well, what the hell is going on here? Like, what? Oh. Oh, another thing too. I can't recall the last movie. They might as well will have called it Close Up. A movie called First Man. I mean, there were so many close ups in this movie. And it was and when you see it on IMAX, you really notice close up, close up, close up. I'm like, and geez, unnecessary pull, ones. I know. Are you gonna pull the camera back at all? I'm like, why do I to be up his nose. It was crazy how many close-ups. And it, you could have had an effect, right? It's it's a very jarring thing <clears throat> for, for for the, you know, let's say the Earth scenes, right, when they're not in the rocket. Right. Go wide because you're allowed that space and, and whatnot. It's fine. And then have it be completely jarring because that's what you're trying to go for with the rocket. And right. that's when, like, oh, wow, I'm tight. Obviously, from a production standpoint, you have to be tight because, like, Unless you go fisheye lens with this, <laughs> and it's going to look weird, you can't get a wide shot in right. that tight of space. But it's okay because it's motivated. Whereas I'm outside, <clears throat> I'm at their house. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically watching his eyes. Yeah, I, there, there was nearly an establishing shot, like ever. <laughs> was, I think we got a swing one time and for the daughter. I was, and it was just, and I, you know. You only notice it because it's there, right there, constantly. Um, and I can't recall a movie that, I think there was even a movie that might have been called Close Up, and it didn't have this many close-ups. It was big. It, it, it's, it's that cliche song, he's got the whole world in his hands. Right. That's, <clears throat> when, when you, you fantasize as a kid about what it's like to go to space... You can't help but think of he's mm-hmm. got the whole world in his hands. And, and I'm not saying he should have done a cliche thing like that, but just right. just the shot or him looking at it, I don't need to see his reaction. That's a moment right. he doesn't even need to emote, but just right. seeing that, I'll emote for him. Yeah. And that, sh- that type of shot wasn't there. Agreed. Um, so just just left and right. I, I, I mean, production-wise, I think, like, between the costuming and so forth, like, I think they got that right. No, absolutely. I mean, and for all intents and purposes, this is a period piece movie, right? And and on top of that, they had 100% backing and support from NASA, right? So I'm very curious as to how NASA feels about this. Not that NASA was put in any bad light, right? But there was nothing that would make somebody go, oh, that's what I want to be. When I grow up. So NASA gave this 100% support, which is really cool. Um, like that a lot. They, 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 the cast spent time in those anti-gravity apparatus things. So they did the training for it. But to what end? Well, yeah, I mean, like, like to when work you would... for NASA, I think, is, would be, to, to be, if you were at a cocktail party. And somebody, hey, what do you do? I work for NASA. Like, I don't even care that, well, if you're cleaning the bathrooms. It's like Don Knotts 
in that movie, the reluctant astronaut. They were just like, he didn't tell them that he was going to be a janitor, but they were so excited that he was working for NASA. Like, that's a pretty big deal. And these people just like, they hated their jobs. And what the movie did, it raised a lot of those questions of, is this good? Is this not? And when you look at the, listen, it, it, obviously with history, it's a lot easier to judge, but you know, the advancements in computers in a lot of ways can be directly attributed to NASA. Correct. You know, uh, I mean, what what NASA would give to have a, a smartphone nowadays, <laughs> right. back in those days, like could you imagine? Um, right. And so, the, you know, the, when you talk about the crude technology that they were able to pull off all this stuff with, is insane. And yet, that's what advanced personal Sorry. computing and so forth. Right. And I'm not saying the movie should have like expressed that, and but 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 it, it it needs to be sort of there that that that. As he says at the beginning of the movie, and I, and I was on board, I thought that this is where we're going to kind of go and have the sentiment. Like, I don't know where we're going to find, but we're going to find something or we're going to learn something. <laughs> I'm not sure what we learned. Yeah, now, and also to your point, and at the beginning, I was on board with that too. Why? Because, again, being a Star Trek fan, that's what Star Trek was based all about. It was about togetherness, nationality-wise, and everybody, and it was... We're going to explore. I don't know what we're going to find, but we're going to learn something. And that was the whole, that was one of the major impetuses about building this star fleet. And of course it was inspired by NASA. That's what they want to do. You know, all the stories we hear about going to Mars, right? To me, that is exciting. I don't know what we're going to find, but it could be kind of cool, right? You know, every night I want to tell you something else. A little bit of window into my life. I have this great app called Sky Guide. If you don't have it, I highly recommend it. It's great for picking up your constellations, stars, planets, and, and whatnot. But another great thing about it is, is that you can set it to give you notifications, like when the ISS space station does a flyby. It'll ping in your phone, and it said, hey, in five minutes, you'll have peak time to see the ISS space station. Whenever that happens, wherever I am, I always try to go outside just to see this little pinprick of light go flying across the sky. Because to me, I will look up there and I look at the ISS, that's a sense of accomplishment. Those people are doing something. It's amazing what's happening. And that's what I wanted out of First Man. I wanted to be able to look up after that movie. I wanted to come back out and look up at the sky and go, look at, like, yes, it was perilous. And the movie could have really amped up that perilousness a lot if it you know, wanted to and go that route. And I wanted that sense of wonder. Well, let me, that let me, I have, when I get more sense of wonder from watching the actual ISS space station fly overhead than I do watching a two-hour and 20-minute movie about space flight and the first lunar landing, something wrong. Let me, let me, let me, as you're talking, let me posit <clears throat> this to you. Because I, I think this could have actually been, you, you, you know, that's a very grass is greener type of mentality. And it, perhaps that's what Neil was going through. Would you have bought that if he came back and he said to the wife, like, hey, all my life I've been trying to get to the moon because I've been trying to experience, like, I thought that was, like, the final frontier. That's where life happened. Like, that would be great. What I realized is I have my life here. And I've been letting it die. That's what I learned when I went to the moon. It's a great lesson to learn. Like, I mean, <laughs> that would have been a great lesson to learn. And he still would have had the accomplishment of going to the moon. Yeah. But coming back, if you're going to do a story arc and have some semblance of an arc, 
Yeah, it took me a it took me a rocket ship. It took me a trip to the moon to realize that what I have on Earth is equally as is, is important. And I think that would have been satisfying to the audience because then we've never been to the moon, but it's like, oh, you're right. I should probably focus on my life. Focus on my life. Uh, but I still have this great, wonderful accomplishment that I've done. And it took me that because I was so um, distracted or, or disconnected from life. You know, and, it, and that's the other thing, too. Um, suffering loss, I understand. This movie has the loss, but he seems that he only took the job to keep his mind like he only took the job to 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 keep his mind off of other things. And okay, I, I get it, but at some point the character has to understand the relevance of what it is to be an astronaut and go to the moon. That's a big deal, you know. Um, but you're right. If he comes back and says, you know, the moon was fantastic. We took samples, this. And while I was up there, you know what? Picking up rock, I could only think of you. Yeah. Or like, I want to pick right. up my kid. <clears throat> right. So. Ah, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. It's a, uh, good, it's a good point. Seriously. But I look at it, you didn't understand the point of, the, of, of this experience for humanity. You know, um, like let's yeah. like Justin Hurwitz did the, the the music for this, and sure. like he understood like the music was more emotional than the entirety of what was like visually there. Yeah, I it, agree. You know, it, it's as if the people making this movie understood the monumental task that they had, and they wanted right. to do the, the costuming's great. I think the cinematography. In you know the way they did that, we talked about it is great. I think the music and so forth. So all these things going into it, they they, they had a respect agree. for it, but the story itself, what they were actually capturing, I agree, is just not there. Yeah, and now and it's funny because I have this quote. Um, I'm going through the, you know, we're talking about NASA and their use of everything, um, and they were an open book for research and. Admitting researching for other films or shows can feel like work. Uh, there are certain projects, and this is, uh, they say last name is Stoll, so my guess is he's got to be a production, uh, I'll look him up in and, and just a second, but he goes, there are certain projects where research is a bit of a slog. I can get that. But this is so much fun. There's so many great books and movies and, and, and documentaries. So it's been fun digging deep into the minuete of the technology and the people involved. I grew up taking space flight for granted, but now we're able to go back when this was all brand new. And I'm like going, but the characters on screen seem to take space flight for granted. Like, there was no excitement. I, I would have preferred doing. a person brushing their teeth. <laughs> with the vigor. That's yeah. my next movie. Man brushes teeth with yeah. vigor. Not vinegar, vigor. Yeah. Uh, so it was crazy the, to me. So I'm floored by this, right? 88% on Rotten Tomatoes and a B-plus on Cinema Score. Right. Did I, like, walk into the wrong movie? Right. Am I, I not seeing... I, I, I just really don't get it. But there are criticisms that I, I am reading yeah. um, from people, and I'm like, yeah, I, I get those criticisms, and yet... You look at a statistic like eighty eight percent on like right, who who who, 
And what are you seeing that I don't? Yeah, I don't understand. And, and I know that we're not the only one. You had mentioned Marissa. Uh, uh, also, um, folks that I do meet the movie press um, totally felt the same way, except I, I think I felt a little bit more angry. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand what was in this. And it also makes me, you know, when this movie was being touted, um, and I was reading these various things, it almost seems as if they had forgotten stories of the past and their short-term memory by not even remembering hidden figures right which had that wonder hidden figures is one of the feel-good movies of that year i would have loved for it to win an academy award right so wasn't those it seems to have forgotten about how these kind of movies can make you feel where this i mean if people want to feel kind of dead inside for this all right, that I guess that's what you want because I, I, did, I don't. I didn't want to feel that way when I walked out of this movie. This was the first movie that Damien Chazelle hasn't written and directed. <clears throat> he only directed this one, but in a sense, a director still works with the writers to alter mm-hmm. the script. So I, I'm curious to see more information how much he actually handed in versus how much was the script. Um, but I, I just don't think he got it. And to be honest. I'm sorry to say, but I'm not on the Damien Chazelle bandwagon like everyone else. I'm not either anymore. Um, I was totally there for Whiplash. Regardless of whether I liked um, La La Land or not, I couldn't take away from its energy. Um, uh, Emma Stone, too, put in an amazing performance. And I liked Ryan Gosling as well. I just, you know, I couldn't take away from its energy and verve. I just didn't like the story and how it ended. And that was my first thing. First man, now I'm definitely like, I'm not, I'm really not so on now board. you don't like I the don't... ending and it doesn't have energy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where, where Whiplash had this story, it had a lot of energy. Uh, reintroduced or introduced people to some great jazz and this passion. But they all have, like, they're all these people have a passion for something, but they're so distanced and detached from those around them. And that's what I mean of a common theme. Whether or not he wrote First Man, it still has that detachment. And it was a passion for doing what you want to do and setting everything else aside. But to me, the passion, at least as explained in the movie, came from the loss of his daughter. And I understand the effects that that can have in a person. But everything I knew up to that point about Neil Armstrong was there was a passion for the work that he was doing. And I just didn't see it on screen in this movie. And even if that passion was passion for the daughter, he just was so passionate. He just like, I've got to do this for my daughter. Yeah. yeah. Without even ever saying that as a thing. Yeah. Um, It did underperform projections it was supposed to open up 18 to 25 million it did not it came uh, at about 16 million opening weekend right behind venom and a star is born i'm not gonna say like at least that's justice in a sense but yeah i wasn't surprised i was more surprised that i got a b plus and you know that's the interesting thing too they're saying you know b plus is meh for if there was another movie that got a b plus Cinema score, or maybe it was first man. I'm not sure, but it's with the, with the movies that we have out today, and I think too, A Star Is Born is the complete opposite of First Man. A Star Is Born oozes 
emotion. It oozes feeling. It. I know it's not about, but a movie about going to the moon, there should be some semblance of a romanticism there, right? And Star is Born is working because I think it is giving people, like, it's making them feel in one way, shape, or form. First Man should have made people feel. It did for me, but not the way I I expected it to. I just I didn't want to feel dead inside when I walked out of that theater. Not about going to the moon, you know. And that's what happened. As much as the training that they did, as much as Damien wanted to only do this movie in camera, as much as he filmed a lot of the out-of-space sequences with a true IMAX camera, not unlike um, Christopher Nolan when he filmed Interstellar, uh, I, I respect all of that. I they even use some voiceover, like uh, like yes. actual recording voiceover. So the technique is there. Yes, the technique was all there. Yep. I think he needs a director for his direction. <laughs> no, because he, he is a craftsman. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but but there's a message to say at the end of yeah. the day. I you know th- there was a there was a to give a little bit of credit too there was this really cool scene with from within the capsule right and they were tight you got the claustrophobia right this is a cool scene and they're trying to look out a window and their field of vision was so minimal I believed it I was yeah. nah, that's probably the way that it was like and that was a great moment because I was frustrated I was like I want to see I want to see and I couldn't see and then I'm like oh well that's probably the way it was because. Yeah. You can't see, you know. I appreciated it for that realism. I did. Um, so it was just really interesting uh, how the rest of the movie just for, for 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 its tech credits it was fine. I get it. I felt almost as if I would I, I could have been in in a capsule. Which here's the, here's ahead. the epitome, right? Whereas. Whatever they're saying on screen in a capsule, whether it's gibberish to me or not, like they could be saying, did you plug in the gooby bud into the blah, 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 blah? <laughs> yep, sure did. Okay, great. Like, I don't care what it is. Yeah. It's just interesting <laughs> to see them go through that. Yep. But oftentimes in the, the home scenes, the way it's done, you have random voiceover. Sometimes we cut to like it's the wife or it's like the guys talking, whatever, over just kids playing, but you can't quite hear the dialogue because the kids are shouting and it's like... Right. What am I really want? Like, what are you trying to communicate? Right. I get that you're purposefully mixing in a level where I can't quite hear that this is just home life, but I'm not getting anything out of it. And you've shown me this scene 12 times. Yes. You're going to the well, and I don't even know why. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Maybe there's water because there's a pool there, but <laughs> yep. I'm not thirsty or whatever the nope. hell, like, reference I can metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah, it... Uh... I don't know. It's it was just it was just that weird. It was just a movie that I did not anticipate. Hence, it did become. Um, I was just extremely disappointed when I walked out. Really, really, the trailers really uh, piqued my interest because I like the subject matter. Well, the, the, right? the trailer itself um, utilizes the the great cinematography. Yes. You know the rockets, the ships, and the buzz. You know, the, like all of that. Yeah. The like, if this was a short film at a planetarium about Neil, kind of like fine, it would have worked. That to me is mm-hmm. exciting. Um, 
but the rest of it just uh, just didn't just didn't work. I was I can as we wrap this out. Here's what I will say about it. I was the first man out of the theater. Well, yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I was sort of kind of sitting in the middle, and it was a big theater. Uh, so I couldn't be first man out, but um, I had overheard people also say, yeah, I had no connection. I didn't know these people at all. And that wasn't a good sign. You know, it's interesting. Even the stuff on the moon was actually filmed pretty well. You want to know who doubled for the moon or what doubled for the moon? <laughs> you know, it was none other than Atlanta. <laughs> the moon was in Atlanta. Uh, why? Because they have great quarries. Um, yeah, through uh, industries that we found our moon at Vulcan Rock Quarry in Stockbridge, just south of the city, and they let us uh, and they sculpted the landscape to their direction, which I think is pretty cool. The search for the Persic uh, Moonscape was exhausted. Um, this wasn't Capricorn One. There was nothing here that seemed that the moon <laughs> that the trip to the moon was staged in any way, but for the movie, it had to be. Um, so Linus uh, Sangren, who was the cinematographer here, he did do an incredible job, I felt. And he captured light and, again, watching all the craters and everything, I thought that that really did look really awesome. It did look good when, when they stepped on us. Um, you know, that dust... Uh, that, that came up. I really appreciated that a lot. Um, the sound, it sounded fantastic. So, um, everyone brought go. their A game except them for Like, they, I, I believe they let this is what happens when someone does these movies and they have successful hits. Then it's like they can do no wrong. You, right. you know, you base current success on past successes. And I really feel like he let them down as a leader. Yeah, I I, I agree. I really do. Even though, uh, again, with the tech specs, you know, they actually used the lenses that uh, cinematographer used uh, to choose to film the moon sequences at this this rock quarry. They're the same lenses that Armstrong and Aldrin used in the moon, and they basically had Hasselblad cameras um, and six by six centimeter negatives, and it's the same same film stock excuse me, that Chazelle used to film on the moon, which did give it that I'm watching this live kind of um, appearance, uh, no matter how big the movie screen was. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it looked good. I had no problem with the way this movie looked. I just had how it executed. And, and you're right. We always talk about how a director is responsible for whether it's an adult whether it's male, female, or whether it's a little kid. We just talked about Halloween, right? And there's a little kid in Halloween who's only in the movie for about 10 minutes, if that, right? And he was great. I mean, the director pulls out an amazing performance from him. But directors are able to pull out, in no matter if it's a horror movie, a comedy, you know, your director can pull out a good performance. Chazelle has pulled out an amazing performance um, out of people, whether it be in Whiplash or even La La Land, right? Out of here, I don't know where his head was. I just don't. He wasn't able... And these are gifted actors. Uh, it, you know? Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a misstep. Um, I, again, I... I think... I think... For me, it's not... 
that unpredictable. I I, I I saw these warning signs with Damien Chazelle is is whatnot, so I'm not surprised that this is the end result. I um, was. No. I really was, only because of subject matter. You know, I was going in there expecting and I don't care. If you're going to make comparisons, if you're a really good movie and you're making comparisons to things like The Right Stuff, then I'm like saying that I work, right? Because it's good. But if you're bad and I'd say I'd rather watch The Right Stuff because it made me feel this way and this movie made me feel the exact opposite, it's really not a good thing. And I don't know. I just, yeah, it was my biggest disappointment thus far this year. So that is rather unfortunate. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the follow-up movie for Damien Chazelle, but we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many Oscar nominations this I think cinematography-wise, it deserves something um, beyond that. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe production design could, could fit in there. Um, but, but anything beyond that, I'm not entirely well, convinced it's let's deserving. Let's take a look at this. This movie came out on October 12th, right? Released that October 12th. It's thus far made 21 million domestically not a lot not a lot for a movie that made 50, that, that that cost about 59 million to make and then we've got from foreign it's done 10 so worldwide we're looking at 31 the movie has come out in october between now and the end of december at least from what i've seen trailer wise there is going to be a ton of academy potential movies Star is Born has already come out. We talked about the Academy potential for that. My big fear for First Man is if they were trying to go for Academy, by the time the end of December comes rolling around and we're into January, it may have been, for lack of better words, forgotten. There might be other movies that that, that are going to overshadow First Man, I think. It's not a bad thing. We'll see. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. We truly appreciate you uh, joining us. By the way, if you disagree with our opinions, I know we've been very harsh against this movie, but you know you are you are entitled to your opinion, and we respect your opinion. All we ask is leave it in the comment box and let us know what that opinion is. We try to be as insightful and give enough reasons why we disliked it, but give us enough reasons why you liked it, and who knows? Listen, I'm not saying... I won't change my mind, highly unlikely, but at the very least, I can promise you that me and Dimitri will certainly respect your opinion and we'll read it. And that's that's all we ask. Yeah, you know, and that's a, that's a really cool thing that you say and put out there because um, A Star is Born. I was reading comments on A Star is Born and people had a lot of, opinion, a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. They stated them. Uh, one person I had written back and said, okay. That was like you stated it very, you know, that's an interesting statement that you put out there. You know, I get it. So you're right. So long as you make it interesting, there's thought behind it, whether I agree or disagree. Um, I at least appreciate that you put thought behind it. It was uh, uh, when I was in film school taking a film criticism class. One thing that the professor had said is, I don't care whether you like or dislike a movie. And you don't don't worry about me liking or disliking a movie. Is I just want to know that you put some thought behind it. I want to know what you are thinking as you write that movie. And I don't care. You're not here to change my mind. I just want to read this through and see that it was that you at least put thought into backing up your opinion. And some people have been doing that in the, in the short little mm-hmm. framework that they have to do that in our comment section. 
Absolutely. So please continue to do so. Um, I think this movie is interesting to at least talk about. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it with you. At DMovie1701 is how you can interact with Dimitri on a more personal level, let's say. At Serafini TV is Marissa. Uh, so you can interact with her. I know she's not here today, but she's normally part of our family. And we'll continue and I to be. I won't be here next week. Going to be, the, I'm going to Miami, moon over Miami. Look at that. <laughs> um, and I'm at Phil Svitek. We are, of course, at the Popcorn Talk. Next week, we will be covering The Hate You Give, and we'll see. Uh, it might be Colette. Um, I really wanted to do Bad Times at the El Royale. I really enjoyed that movie, so somehow, someway, I'm going to try to fit that in. So just just keep keep tuning in, and uh, we'll, we'll have some fun stuff for you. Until next time. Thanks. Bye. Huh? From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.